Hey, it's Sean from the Commander's Brew. Thanks for listening. Got a fun episode for you today. We're going to talk about Baba La Saga, but particularly, I think it's so interesting how this commander works because the commander doesn't really tell you much. It's just value. So this is a real journey of an episode for the deck tech. I'm going to walk you through how this deck came to be from the initial idea and where we ended up. And of course, Darksteel Eric's here. <sighs> oh, hey, Darksteel Eric here. And as a representative of Darksteel Industries, controlling interest in the podcast, here's two ads, one fake, one real. Do you ever have fancy dinners? If so, you're going to want to have them on dark steel plates. Dark steel forks, dark steel spoons, dark steel cutlery, dark steel trivets, all the dark steel accessories. How about a dark steel gravy bowl? Make your next family holiday great with dark steel silverware and plateware. For $199 a month. Order now. Supplies are limited. And now the real ad, wizardtower.com. You're going to want to head over there for all of your magic content, articles, deck text, that sort of thing. And if you're listening from Canada, we've got the best deal for you. Use our coupon code BREWDOUBLE to get 5% off your order of singles, $20 or more. That's the best deal in town. And now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thank you for listening, and thank you for checking out all of our sponsors, including Darksteel Industries. Uh, the TCG player link helps a lot. Patreon.com slash Commander's Brew helps a lot, and the Wizard Tower, of course. Before we get to the deck deck, I just want to take a quick second and just talk about the digital world of Magic cards. This game is on a, there's a forking path here. There's a lot of stuff happening on Arena. I personally have liked dabbling in the Baldur's Gate alchemy set uh, it's unpopular opinion but i do like experiencing new things in magic it's probably obvious based on the kind of decks i like to put together i like decks that do new and interesting things i'm less interested in winning in the most optimal way every time i like experiencing new things and i think digital cards is a great new way to experience new things the money becomes an issue because now it's like you, you got to pay to play kind of. I know Arena is free to play technically and you can just do your quests and get your gold and open packs or do drafts and get cards that way. But it's hard to like do that. It's not it doesn't happen fast. And I don't know, maybe I'm addicted to new experiences. Maybe I'm a magic card adrenaline junkie because I want the new experiences to happen faster that faster than that. But I'm not willing to pay a bunch of money into arena for some reason. I just feel like, you know, the the same argument that's been made a million times. It's not for I don't know what's going to stick around. I don't know if they're ever going to decide to delete this thing and then everything on the website goes away and then all the money you've put into it has disappeared. At least with real cards, they have real value. That is until the economy collapses and magic cards are not the, the currency has no value anymore. It's all about fresh water. But before we go down that road, maybe I ought to cut this one short. Alchemy, pretty interesting. The interesting impact on a show like this on making new decks, I like to look on Scryfall a lot, is they throw up the arena version very often. And now there's a moment where I have to decide like, oh, wait a minute. I have to make sure I'm not looking at alchemy cards. And it's a little bit tricky. I wish there was a toggle where I could just say, never show me alchemy cards. Similar to how they kind of default by not showing you humorous cards and uncards, those by default won't appear, I believe. Sometimes I see them. I don't fully understand. I don't claim to understand. But here's what I do claim. We got a fun episode coming for you in the deck tech, and here it is. Okay, let's get to this deck tech. This is Baba Lasaga Night Witch, one black green legendary human warlock 3-3. Here's your activated ability. Tap, 
sacrifice up to three permanents. Up to three permanents. If there were three or more card types among the sacrifice permanents, each opponent loses three life, you gain three life, and you draw three cards. This is a value commander. Here is why I think this is such an interesting commander as a brewing exercise. There's no clear like win condition. There's no clear, here's how you, everything builds up towards this. So we've got some free reign. So I'm very interested in the process of how decks come together. And I think this is a great example. We're going to go through this the same kind of way I approached this on paper. I did already work this out. I'm not improvising with you right now. Uh, interesting idea, though. I could do that sometime. But let's just go through So how one idea leads to the next, and that idea leads to the next, and that idea leads to the next. I think this is a very interesting process here. Process, baby. It's all about the process. I guess that's kind of emblematic of how I view Commander games as well. It's what happens in a game that is interesting to me, not the end. I'm less interested in like, I mean, I want to win. I'm playing to win. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to stop others from winning. But it doesn't matter to me at the end. As long as we all got to do cool stuff, that's what makes it good. It's the process, not the destination. Journey, destination, you know what I mean. So the first thing I'm thinking about is we can sacrifice up to three permanents and as long as we cover three types. So that immediately tells me if we can sneak a couple of types on one permanent, that means we have to sacrifice less objects to get that ability. So obviously the first way around is what are those little artifact creatures? How many little artifact creatures can we find, can we use that give us a little bit of value up front, but also are sacrificable? Because one of those is an artifact and a creature. Then we just got to come up with one other thing. So there's plenty. Sackable little creatures. A lot of them cost three so you got cards like Sky Scanner. It's the three mana one one that flies and it draws a card when it enters. Great. Then there's Pilgrim's Eye. Same deal, except you search up a basic and put it into your hand. Draw a card, but it has to be a basic land. In the ramp category, Copper Mirror is a two mana artifact creature. This is the one one that taps for green and Leaden Mirror is the one one that taps for black. Great. And let's also think about other cards that kind of get us extra creatures, extra artifact creatures. Servo Schematic is very interesting to me. It's a two mana artifact. I've always been interested in this, but it just doesn't have a lot of homes. Two mana, when it enters the battlefield, or is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, or dies. I guess they don't say dies for artifacts. Anyway, create a 1-1 colorless Servo artifact creature token. So we cast this, we get two objects. One of them is an artifact creature. When we sacrifice that, that counts as two of our permanents. And then we can later sacrifice the servo schematic as our artifact and we'll get another servo. Very useful. Mirror Sire is very similar. It's a two mana one one. It's just a mirror artifact creature, but when it dies, you make another mirror artifact creature token. So we get two for one for our two mana here. And interestingly enough, uh, this is a, a find by Chiefy from the Discord Sorcerer's Broom is not a great card, but this might be the deck for it. Two mana, artifact creature spirit, two one. And whenever you sacrifice another permanent, you may pay three. And if you do, create a token that's a copy of Sorcerer's Broom. Ties up some mana, but it keeps us in the artifact creature business. Now we do need that extra piece, as I mentioned. So I think sagas are an excellent candidate for that because they're enchantments and they're enchantments that kind of do their job. And if we're able to sacrifice these in our upkeep, 
while they're resolving the third chapter, but before they disappear or whatever chapter they sacrifice themselves in, if we can sacrifice them to Babala Saga along with our artifact creature, there's our three permanents. I think Binding of the Old Gods belongs in most Golgari decks. It's a four mana, destroy target non-land permanent. Then we get to tutor up a forest, put it onto the battlefield tapped. Any forest, doesn't have to be a basic. And then the third chapter is creatures you control gain death touch until end of turn, which is not nothing because we do plan on using a lot of little dorky creatures. They intend to be sack fodder, but I don't mind swinging with a bunch of death touch ones if you have to trade away a real creature to like block with them. I mean, why would you block? You'll just take the one, two, or three. Anyway, I'm planning on sacrificing this as my third permanent type. Similarly, Song of Frailies. It's the two mana saga that on chapters one and two, all your creatures tap for a mana of any color. That's great. And then on the third chapter, put a plus one plus one counter on each of them. They gain vigilance, trample, and indestructible. This is amazing. If you can somehow, I mean, so it would be a dream to have this and the previous saga resolve at the same time so that you get death touch along with vigilance, trample, and indestructible. However, I mean, I guess no one's going to chump block anyway because they're indestructible. I guess no, no, they will chump block just to prevent damage. But anyway, not a huge deal. Don't worry about it. I'm hoping on sacrificing either of these as my enchantment. I got to talk for a second about planeswalkers too. There are planeswalkers that do their job and then kind of have not they don't have a lot of use. These are the uh, War of the Spark Planeswalkers that only tick down. I'm going to highlight Obnixilus the Hate Twisted. Three black black. Five loyalty to start. The static is that whenever an opponent draws a card, they this card deals one damage to that player. So it really kind of hates on players for drawing too many cards. And minus two, destroy target creature. Its controller draws two cards. You usually want to read this as a sorcery speed sacrifice. You want to like destroy one of your own creatures and you draw two cards. But you can force an opponent to take a couple extra points of damage if that means it's going to be a win. I would rarely give them the extra cards just for a couple damage though. And then while we're on it, how about Karn Sion of Urza? Uh, I th- it's... it's, it's It's not super expensive. It's under 10 bucks, but you get some good abilities. Since we're talking a lot of artifact creatures, doing the minus two to making a zero zero colors contract construct artifact creature token that gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control, that thing gets pretty big. So I don't mind having that. It also does that thing where we can exile two cards and an opponent picks one that we get to keep and we can go digging for the other one by doing another minus one sometime. But both of these are planeswalkers. We can sacrifice both of them once they've kind of out stayed their welcome and get value off of Babala Saga. And it doesn't stop there too. There's a lot of lands that have two types. Dryad Arbor is the creature land that is a creature by default. And there's plenty of other like creature lands that you can animate by paying mana, but Dryad Arbor just sits there as a creature and a land always. Then there's stuff like Dark Moss Bridge, that's artifact land. This is the we got a new cycle of double color ones from Modern Horizons 2. This is there's the and the double color ones are indestructible, which is amazing. It sucks when your opponent just shatters your lands. Uh, but this one is indestructible, comes to play tapped. Also, Power Depot is a card I don't think I ever registered. It doesn't exist in my brain. It's very interesting. It's an artifact land. So again, with Babala Saga, this counts as two types. Enters tapped, taps for colorless. Great. And then we can also tap to add one mana of any color, but that mana is only for artifact spells or activated abilities of artifacts. 
we I, I don't even know if we have any artifacts that have colors in them, so that might not matter. But it also has a modular one. So it has this weird thing where it just comes with a plus one plus one counter on it. Okay. And when this thing dies, that plus one plus one counter goes on any artifact creature. I'm planning on sacrificing this once I don't need it, and I think that will be useful. It's not a huge effect, but it's very interesting to me. Talk about the Mending of Dominaria. Great card. It's another saga that d- that sacrifices itself on the third chapter, so we can use this as our enchantment. But the it's, it's a hefty one. It's five mana. The first two chapters are mill two cards, then return a creature from your graveyard to your hand. That's useful. We're doing lots of sacrificing, so we will have lots of creatures to grab from. Then on the last chapter, return all lands from your graveyard to the battlefield, then shuffle your graveyard into your library. Well, that's fantastic. We're planning on sacrificing lands. I haven't really gone into this, but if artifact creature is our most popular combination, if we don't have an enchantment ready to sacrifice, a land is quite a common choice. It does suck to go back on lands. I hear you. But if we've got things like Bending of Dominaria and they're going to the graveyard anyway, we're drawing the three cards, we will definitely be able to play an additional land to replace it. When I say additional, I mean our land drop for the turn. It'll keep us at net zero lands. Like we won't go up, but we won't go down technically. And we get to spend the mana from the land before we sacrifice it too. So there's there's ups and downs here. But with cards like Mending of Dominaria, we get to bring them all back into the battlefield. That is excellent. And I also want to throw a little shout out to Yodora Grave Gardener. Four and a green for a legendary tree folk druid. This is a 5-5. And whenever another non-token creature you control dies, we've got numerous of them, you may return it to the battlefield face down under its owner's control. It is a forest land. So we're sort of ramping as creatures are dying, and these become way more lands Non-tokens turn into non-token lands. They're just a single type, but I'm much more willing now to sacrifice these bonus lands, these non-land lands. I mean, I guess if I've got a Mending of Dominaria about to pop, I will sacrifice a true land because that one will come back from the enchantment. But this is a fantastic card in the set. And it does, it is worth mentioning, um, late addition to the deck so i I don't didn't get them into notes but there's a lot of cards that you know when non-token creatures die you make a zombie so other enchantments that turn our creatures sacrificing into more creatures for possible future sacrificing eudora gets the shout out specifically because it turns them into lands which is a harder type to kind of get excess of And I've got it. So now we've got some good bases. I've got a lot of utility. I've got a lot of possibilities to get Babila Saga able to sacrifice three permanent types, sorry, three card types among permanents. And I think we can do so for about two permanents. That's great. I want to keep that rolling. So I want to run cards like Liquid Metal Torque and Liquid Metal Coating. These are two cards that you get to tap and turn something into an artifact in addition to its other types. So we can make lands into artifact lands. We can make regular creatures into artifact creatures. We can turn enchantments into artifact enchantments as ways to get additional types. I think that's excellent. And while we've got these cards in the deck, now Anytime we destroy artifacts, we get to pick anything on the battlefield, including our opponent's lands, and destroy those. So something like Manglehorn, it's a two and a green beast, 2-2, and when it enters, you may destroy target artifact. Or as I said, with the torque or the coating, you may destroy anything. And then artifacts your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. I do think that is 
even more relevant in this day and age when treasures become so ubiquitous. It means that all treasures enter the battlefield tapped, and they can't be used until they untap, so it puts a delay on all of them. Reclamation Sage, that's uh, just a fine two mana, sorry, three mana, two one that destroys an artifact or enchantment. Again, with those things turning into artifacts, we get to hit anything. And these are ordinary creatures that are no longer useful to us. Megalhorn is useful, but Reclamation Sage, once it's done its job, we're done. So it's great to sacrifice it. And I want to highlight, I haven't talked about them yet, but there's all those sagas from Neon Dynasty that turn into enchantment creatures. For example, Azusa's Many Journeys. It's a two mana saga. Chapter one, you may play an additional land. Love it. Chapter two, gain three life. Not a huge deal, but we just got to wait until chapter three, exile it and return it to the battlefield transformed, and it becomes a 3 3. It's a, it's a creature, it's an enchantment creature. Whenever it becomes blocked, untap up to three lands. Excellent. The beauty is we can turn this into an artifact with our little artifacts that turn things into artifacts, and then this becomes an artifact enchantment creature. It's three types. On one card, we sacrifice one thing to Babula Saga and draw three cards. Opponents lose three life, we gain three life. Fantastic. So enchantment creatures are obviously excellent in the deck. Farika God of Affliction is a great way to make token enchantment creatures. Farika gets a lot of flack because she's not great as like a commander because there's just a couple of design choices that were like, really? Could you not have given us that? Maybe because it's so cheap. It's one black green, three mana for a five, five indestructible. Devotion has to be seven and it becomes a creature. And you get to pay black green, exile target creature card from any graveyard. And here's where, here's the sticking point. Its owner puts a, puts a one, one black and green snake enchantment creature token with death touch onto the battlefield. So it's Golgari and you have to pillage your own graveyard to get the effect that's useful. It wouldn't have been so unreasonable to make us exile creatures from other graveyards, but we still get the creature. I guess there are decks that want creatures to appear on other people's battlefields, so maybe that's a thing, and this is a way to do that. But in any case, we're not a huge graveyard recursion deck by nature, so I don't mind paying black-green exiling like a sky scanner that we already sacrificed to get an enchantment creature that I can turn into an artifact that can be my only sacrifice to get three cards. And so there's a bit of a like there's a bit of a tension here because we're sort of going wide and we're sort of getting a ton of value. And one card I definitely want to mention Steelbane Hydra. When I was looking for ways to destroy artifacts, this is one that's X green green. It enters with X plus one plus one counters on it, and we pay three to remove a counter and destroy target artifact or enchantment. Again, with all the, with the with the liquid metal cards, we can just pay three to destroy any permanent. That's very powerful, and the cost is three mana and removing a counter. So there's merit to looking into adding counters to things. This is also because we've just got a lot of little dorky creatures, so if we can make them a little bit bigger, then we can actually just do some major damage that way and not worry about just getting all this value. It's probably the best way to go. So I think there's a really neat move. Uh, if we're thinking about plus one, plus one counters, then Mazarek, Crawl Death Priest, has to be in the deck. It's a five mana Insect Shaman, two, two with flying. Whenever a player sacrifices another permanent, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. We're going to be sacrificing permanents, so that's going to be great for us. 
treasures are just everywhere now, so I think our opponents will be sacrificing permanence way more frequently than they ever were before, so this card just gets even better. Did it get expensive? It's close to 10 bucks, and it's probably worth it. It just does so much. Now, get a load of this. You've got a Mazarek. Well, you're going to want a Kodama of the West tree. It's that three mana spirit. It's a three, three with reach. Modified creatures you control have trample. So if they've got counters or auras or enchantments that you control, whatever. And whenever a modified creature you control deals combat damage to a player, search your library for a basic, put it onto the battlefield, tapped, and shuffle. Not to your hand, onto the battlefield. If we've got Mazarek and we can put a bunch of plus one, plus one counters on our little dorky creatures, we're going to ramp by two or three lands at a time maybe way more. And then once we're going down that road, we got to include a searchlight companion. It's just a simple three mana flying one one. We've got a handful of those. I'll add it to the list of little evasive creatures that probably can chip into a few boards, which is again, great for things like Kodama or just doing some chip damage. But the key with this one, oh, I got the wrong one. No, that's not what I mean. Hang on. That's fine. I mean, that one brings a little spirit token creature, but I don't think that's as good as the other ones. I mean, you might want to include it. It's it's fine. But what I meant was Tawashi Guidebot. This is the four mana two one construct. When it enters, put a plus one plus one counter on a creature you control and you can pay four to draw a card, but it costs one less for each modified creature. And with Mazarek, that means this will always just be tap, draw a card. Do we need extra card draw? Babula Saga draws us a lot of cards. Yes. The answer is yes. You do need more card draw than just your commander because we can't put all our eggs in that basket. Speaking of extra card draw, I definitely want to look at the Gitrog monster. This is very interesting. So I'm talking about sacrificing lands to occasionally draw more cards. So I'm going to want ways to play more lands. And the Gitrog's a great way to do that. Five mana, six, six death touch. At the beginning of your upkeep, you sacrifice a land unless you sacrifice the Gitrog monster. So you do have that option if you're in trouble. You may play additional lands. And whenever one or more land cards go to your graveyard from anywhere, draw a card. So let me paint the picture. Gitrog Monster and Babala Saga are out. The beginning of your upkeep, you go down one land and you draw one card. Then your draw step. Draw card number two. Then Babala Saga sacrifices an artifact creature and a land. So now you draw three, you draw a card, three more cards, which takes you to five total cards. Gitrog sees that artifact, sorry, Gitrog sees that land go to the graveyard among Babala Saga's sacrifice, and you draw your sixth card for the turn. Six cards. You are down two lands, but out of those six cards, I am sure you will have drawn two lands. So you play your two more lands, uh, and now you're back to even. So now we're even. This is when I want to introduce the concept of treasures. If we stay even on mana once we get our engine going, I think that's okay if we're also making treasures. And if we're making treasures, heck, even without making the treasures, we've got some plus one plus encounters. This deck is primed for Marionette Master. This is still under a buck. It, it probably won't be forever. It's just so good with treasures and such. Four black black, human artificer, one three, fabricate three. So we can either put three plus one plus encounters on it or make three servo artifact creature tokens. If we need more sack fodder because we need more types, let's make three servos. If we've got tons of things and tons of treasures, let's add three power to this thing in plus one plus one counters. Because whenever an artifact you control is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, whenever an artifact creature dies, target opponent loses life equal to this power. So treasures, right? Treasures are, are we're talking about treasures now. We're talking about plus one plus one counters. Both of those things synergize so well with this card, and this becomes a legit win con. That's why it costs six. Maybe that's why it's not a really expensive card in real life, but it's excellent. 
Now, you know, you got a handful of treasures out. You make this thing a four, what does it become? A four, six. What, like, if I've got six treasures out, that's 24 damage just ready to go. And I can use that mana for something. You can't do anything in response. If you try to destroy their marionette master, well, I'll just sack the treasures in response. I guess you could sudden spoiling and do some split second shenanigans, but I mean, that'll always get you out of really tough spots. And if we're doing that, if we're doing treasures, tireless provisioner is so good. Two and a green, it's a three, two with landfall. And whenever a land enters, you either make a food or a treasure. We're probably always going to make a treasure. This card is almost two bucks. I have to compare it to tireless tracker. It's the same thing. It's a three mana, three, two, except this one makes a clue token every time a land comes in. And in addition, whenever you sack a clue, this gets a plus one plus one counter, which is great. A clue is a way to be an artifact for our sacrifice if we need. We can also crack it for a card. And this tireless tracker is down to six bucks. I think this was over 10, maybe even more for a very long time. So good. Thank you for bringing that down. And you know what? Ulvenwald Mysteries gives us a lot of what we need. Two and a green for an enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, that happens a lot. Investigate. Make a clue. And whenever you sack a clue, make a 1-1 white human soldier creature token. Just a creature, not an artifact. But we don't have to sack a clue the hard way by paying two and drawing card. We can, we're sacking clues using Baba La Saga and making creatures. So we sack a clue and a human soldier creature token, and that makes another human soldier creature token. As long as we've got another thing to sacrifice somehow, we get our three types. This itself is an enchantment if we're desperate and we're like, okay, I gotta sacrifice this thing. That's fine. And here's another card that was pointed out on the Discord that I forget about. This is from the Oh, I know what this is. This is the, right, it's Hawkins Laboratory, but it's the real magic version. It's the one that's not named after Stranger Things. This is Heaven Ghoul Laboratory. Uh, it's it's a colorless land, taps for colorless. It doesn't enter untapped. It, it, it enters untapped, so there's no restriction on timing. Um, and you can pay four and tap to investigate. But here's the key. It transforms at the beginning of your end step if you sacked three or more clues doesn't have to be from this. We can do this with uh, Baba La Saga. I mean, we're not going to, if we sacrifice three clues with her that way, that's hard because we're not going to draw cards. But anyway, we transform it into the Haven Ghoul Mystery. And when it transforms, you return any creature card from the graveyard to the battlefield. And when that creature that you brought back leaves the battlefield, you transform it back. And then once it's transformed, you can pay a life to add black to the mana pool. I think it's interesting. I was talking about treasures, right? Treasures are everywhere. I want to take a second and just sort of say like, are, like there are t a lot of treasures. Like the meta is becoming very treasure centric. That's why Manglehorn is such an interesting card to me. Do we need to just address that? Should we be aware? Like, like how much has the meta caught up to everyone running treasures? It's interesting. We're still gonna, but there's a certain point where treasures now become dangerous to run because people do too much against them. I don't know. I'm definitely running treasure vault though. That's the artifact land that we can sacrifice to make X tree creature. We can make, we can sacrifice this to make X treasure tokens, XX tap. And it is an artifact land. So I can make a bunch of treasures with this, or I can use this as an two type sacrifice ability. Grim hireling. 
excellent card, only a couple bucks. It's a four mana tiefling rogue, three, two, but whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create two treasure tokens. This is like a little mini version of the green dragon. Is it the green dragon, emerald dragon? Which is that dragon that just makes a billion treasure tokens when you connect? I gotta look it up. Okay, so there's two valid answers for what I was thinking of. I was thinking of Old Gnawbone. That's the seven mana flying seven seven. And whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, create that many treasure treasure tokens. That card is coming in at oh, 40 bucks. Jeez. So that's a $40 card. Ancient Bronze Dragon is the newer one that's only 10 bucks right now. It's a, also a seven mana seven seven with flying, but the difference here is Ancient Bronze Dragon has to be the one to connect, and when it does, you roll a d20, and in this case, you put X plus one plus one counters on each of up to two target creatures. If I can hit a Marionette Master, that's great. If I can make a super lethal threat, that's also great. But it is different than Old Gnawbone. I guess I also confuse this for the red one that makes treasures. This one just adds plus one plus one counters. Anyway, there's a lot of dragons. Speaking of expensive cards, I'm going to fold us into Revel in Riches. This is 12 bucks now. It's the win condition when you have 10 treasures at the beginning of your upkeep. And whenever creatures' opponents control die, you make a treasure. I mean, it's an excellent card. It's 12 bucks. Pitiless Plunderer is an uncommon that's also 12 bucks. It's the four mana human pirate 1 4. Whenever another creature you control dies, create a treasure token. We plan on doing this a lot, so sacrificing things with Babala Saga is probably worth the 12 bucks. And while we're talking Pitiless Plunderer, you kind of got to make room for Chatterfang Squirrel General. This is this card's five bucks. It's five or six bucks. This is the three mana three three with Forest Walk. But whenever you would make one or more tokens, make that many tokens worth of one one green squirrel creature tokens. So you would like like if you're going to make two treasure you make two treasure plus two squirrels if you're going to make a clue you make a clue and a squirrel and then you can pay black to sacrifice x squirrels target creature gets minus x minus x until end of turn this is where pitiless plunderer comes in because we this is the combo right so pitiless plunderer and a treasure and chatterfang you use the treasure to pay the black and you sacrifice a squirrel target creature gets plus x minus x great the squirrel sacrificing is seen by Pitiless Plunderer, who makes another treasure. That treasure allows you to pay, and that treasure also brings a squirrel with it because of Chatterfang. Now we pay black using that treasure and that squirrel to give another creature plus X minus X. We can do this infinity times to give every creature on the board plus infinity minus infinity, clear the board except for our team. That's a great combo. Is that worth 17 bucks? Probably. And so along the journey of brewing up this deck, the idea of mysteries and clues becomes pretty prominent. And there's a point where you have to kind of ask yourself, do we do Adora the Explorer theme here? <laughs> I'm going to leave it to you whether or not that is something worth pursuing. But if we did, we need stuff like Jade Light Ranger with the Explore mechanic. It's all about exploring. And I think it works OK in the deck, too. Uh, path of discoveries and enchantment whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control it explores uh, this enough is probably worth just running uh, exploring means you look at the top card and if it's a land it goes into your hand otherwise you put a plus one plus one counter on the creature that just entered and you can put the card back or into your graveyard it's 
excellent for like kind of getting through your deck and looking for stuff you want because the lands are drawn you can kind of draw extra cards and if you don't like what else is on top you can just pitch it into the graveyard not a terrible card i think it is a four mana green enchantment so in that realm there's just so many other more powerful ones that have you draw all the time so i'm not going to say that this is the best card for the deck but it's a fun card and it's cheap because there's so much better out there and again if you're dora the explorer you got to go in Speaking of Dora the Explorer, her little monkey friend, I think, is Scrounging Bandar, one and a green for a cat monkey. It enters with two plus one plus one counters. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you can move them from this to any other target creature. And the swiper no swipey is Thieving Amalgam. He's an ape snake and not a fox. Is Swiper a fox? I'll admit, I did, I'm not a Dora the Explorer person. I don't watch the show if not. Came out after I was well old enough to not really be too interested in it but it's part of the cultural zeitgeist so swiper no swipey five mana so it's a seven mana ape snake six seven uh, at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep manifest the top card of that player's library turn it face down on your side as a two two creature and whenever a creature you control but don't own dies its controller loses two life and you gain two life it works in the deck. It's expensive, but we get an extra creature every turn, which is good sack fodder for Baba La Saga. Maybe we turn it into an artifact creature. We toss in a land with it and we end up drawing three cards. Our opponents lose three life and that player loses an additional two life and we gain five life because of all of this. So whether you're a door deck or not, I think there's room for this swiper, no swipey thieving amalgam. Swiper is the character's name. Ooh. That's sort of the journey I went on. I think, to summarize, I think you start with an interesting commander. There's definitely some power there. You figure out ways to take best advantage of that value. And then the cards you put in lead to the other cards. We're looking at multiple types. And we're looking at those liquid metal cards that turn other things to give additional types. Once we're in that world, we're looking at plus one, plus one counters, A, for our win condition as just swarming the table, and B, to get more value out of those things that destroy artifacts, to make them solid removal that hit anything. And Steelbane Hydra, just removing anything we want and keep it replenished with plus one, plus one counters. Fun. I think there's also an argument that you could make for something like Beastmaster Ascension. It's the three mana enchantment. Since we've got little dorky creatures, we can attack with two or three of them, planning on sacrificing them. So it doesn't matter if they get blocked or not. Heck, maybe they get through and we can attack with four or five. But once we get the required number of counters, all of our things getting plus four plus four is pretty good. I'm doing this off of memory. I hope I'm getting it right. Uh, no, I got it a little bit wrong. Uh, you need seven counters and everyone gets plus five plus five. It's even better than I thought. What's it cost now? Oh, it's back down to like 350. Uh, good. Good for good for the, oh, because it's the new Capenna commander deck, I think. Great. Again, can't thank you enough for the listening. People in the Discord, thank you for helping me put this together. Chiefy, Nickel Doodle, Groove Chicken in particular. And yeah. What a fun deck. Let me know what you want to do with Baba La Saga if you've got a couple of different angles you'd like to go with it. And as always, keep being you. The world is a better place for it. I mean that. See you next time.